Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I want to give you the wonderful report about my own life, a little bit to give thanks to God. Last night, I was called around 1 a.m. or 1.30 a.m. A 71-year-old lady came to the emergency room, deeply comatose, with a big clot in the brain. And I told her husband that she may not make it because it's a big clot and she already went downhill so quickly. But we're going to fight anyway. So I took her to the surgery around 4 a.m. After correcting her blood thinning, she was taking Coumadin. I came back home around 7.30 a.m. And the nurse called me on the way here. She said, we're going to pull the tube out of her throat because she woke up. She followed commands. She is with it 100%. Oh, I thank God. He is so good. Amen? I pray all the way that God is going to give us victory. Hallelujah. We're going to try to finish the topic of praise and worship for victory of spiritual warfare. Two Sundays ago, we learned from the life of King Jehoshaphat. At that time, King Jehoshaphat and the children of Judah faced a vast army. And by nature, by the physical strength, they would not be able to fight and win the warfare. But they cried out to God, and the prophet gave them the prophecy of victory that they would win the warfare. And we learned in the last session, if you get the CD and listen, you learn that worship is not just singing song to fill up the room, fill the air in this room, and to perform ritual ceremony. I never think that worshiping God is just trying to do some ritual thing. Actually, worship is spiritual, and it's a way to perform spiritual warfare for your life, for your kids, for people around you. Worship will bring victory. To your own life. Worship bring victory through God. Not on your own, but God fight the battle for you. The enemy have to be defeated when God's people worship him and praise him fully in spirit and in truth. The Bible said that when we worship God, God's presence come and fill the place. And when the presence of God showed up, the enemy cannot be there. That's why if you want your home to be filled with the presence of God all the time, you should have a family that love to worship God. Turn on the worship song. On Saturday, somebody come to me and say, Pastor Lau, you mentioned about you have a lot of worship song. She handed me a hard drive. Can you put it all in there? So she's hungry. She remember what I share, that she wants to turn on the worship song in her car, in her home all the time to bring the presence of God. And you will see the big difference. You know, sometimes you can see kids run around, get angry, get mad, fighting each other. 
Sometimes because the devil or demon come and bother your husband, your wife, your kids. But if you fill your house with the presence of God, there will be peace and joy and calmness and healing and prosperity because the presence of God is there. In Second Chronicles chapter five, verse twelve to fourteen, I read last time. I review a little bit here. All the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Haman, Jedutun, and their sons and relatives stood on the east side of the altar, dressed in fine linen and playing cymbals, harps, and lyres. They were accompanied by priests sounding trumpets. The trumpeters and singers joined in unison, as with one voice, to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, "He is good, and His love endures forever." And then the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud, a cloud of glory, which means the tangible. Presence of God. God chose up, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory, the word glory means two things in the Bible. Number one, it means perfect attributes of God. Number two, it means tangible, thick presence of God. But when God chose up, His attribute come at the same time. The key of victory in the Christian life is to live or dwell. In the presence of God, you remember the Bible says in Acts chapter ten, verse thirty-eight, Jesus of Nazareth went about to perform signs and wonder and heal all those who oppressed by the devil. And at the end of the sentence, not because he's smart, not because he finished the Bible school, not because he uh, is handsome and good-looking. No, the Bible said because God was with him, because he had the thick presence of God upon his life. Worship brings the presence of God upon your life, and everywhere you go, the devil or demon have to run into the garbage can, because you are the carrier of the presence of God, and the devil doesn't like the presence of God. That's why he was kicked out from heaven. Now we're gonna learn how to worship God in the right way. Let's continue in Second Chronicles chapter twenty, verses eighteen to twenty. Jehoshaphat bowed with. His face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korathites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with very loud voice. I like that loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, "Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God. You will be upheld. Have faith in His prophets, and you will be successful." King Jehoshaphat understood the principle of warfare. He knew that in order to win this war, which is in the physical world. But in order to win the war in the physical world, it may be your financial problem, sickness, cancer, tumor, whatever. In order to win that war in the physical realm, you need to win in the spiritual realm first. So he performs spiritual warfare by setting up the worship team to worship God. And as the worship team began to worship, 
the Lord moved and fought the battle for him. Before I go on to teach about attitudes of worship, I'd like to explain to you that there are two kinds of worship. Number one, the first kind of worship we call lifestyle of worship. I give you example. Lifestyle of worship. You live a life that make God get the glory. You make God look good all the time. Everywhere you go, don't cheat people. Go to work on time. Don't cheat time in the office. Be merciful to people. Help people. Love your wife. Be nice to your wife. That is to worship God. If you yell at your wife and use foul language to your wife, you are not worshiping God because you make God look bad. Because you claim that you are a believer. So everything you do, combing your hair, get dressed, take a shower, brush your teeth, rest enough that you don't look too tired. You do everything you could to make God look good through you. Amen? When I perform surgery and sometimes think start to get out of hand and my heart start to feel angry a little bit because this is not fun. This is something wrong. I have to be calm and don't yell and throw instrument to my scrub nurse because if the Christian doctor start to pull the instrument and throw toward the scrub nurse, they will look down on my God. Wow, Christian doctor cannot even have self-control. You see, everything we do, we should give glory to God. That is the lifestyle of worship. If you can live your life like that, the presence of God will be around you all the time. The second time of worship, we call specific worship, that we have the, either musical instrument or something and sing and praise and worship either yourself in your home or in your bedroom or in your car or come as a corporate worship. I love corporate worship because the presence of God is thicker. More people get hungry for God. So God loves the hungry. And God will show up and miracles happen. Pop, 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 pop like a popcorn. Because God came down to touch people and to perform miracles for people. That's why the worship time in the church is very important. To bring victory. That is a specific kind of worship. And when we worship God, we need to understand that there are two parts here. One part is the heart attitude. The heart attitude dictates our action, for sure. And at the same time, the outward action will influence our heart attitude or our emotion as well. I give you an example. I practice as a physician. So outward action, if I go to my office and talk about brain surgery with my patient, but I wear the short and a t-shirt, and slipper. You think that outward action is going to impact my emotion of how to perform surgery and impact the patient that look at me, wow, this surgeon wear short, t-shirt, and slipper. I don't think they're going to trust me to cut on their head because I'm so sloppy. I don't take my profession seriously. You see, outward action definitely impacts the attitude and the emotion. But at the same time, we need to have the right attitude. Because if we have the right attitude, the action will follow as well. The Bible talks about both sides. If you read the book of Psalm, the whole books, the whole many chapters of the book of Psalm, King David described the outward action of worship. For example, raising your hand, dancing, singing, shouting with joy, 
bow down, fall on the ground to show humility and surrender to God. So our action really show our attitude inside to the Lord. I wonder how can we worship God if we sit on the chair and make our hand like this. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Can you imagine if you walk to your wife, you walk to your wife and say, "Hey, lady, I love you. Do you love me? You think that our action gonna make her feel good? No. What do you do? You open your arms, and you go to her, and hug her, and say, "I love you," and kiss her. Is that right? The outward action really make a big difference. The same thing when we show gratitude and show that we see the worth of God. We honor God. We need to show in our outward action as well. Isaiah 29 verses 13 to 14. God said, "The Lord said, these people." Come near to me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder, the wisdom of the wise with perish, the intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. You see, God say you can act outwardly, look good. But if your heart is not there, he knows. Every Sunday when we come to church, we should fully worship from the heart, and outward action fully just go with God. Don't hold back, amen. Because you fall in love with Him, you value Him so much. Jesus died for us. Jesus saved us. Oh, it's wonderful to know the Lord. We love Him forever. Because God has done good things to us, the Bible says in First Samuel chapter sixteen verse seven, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. When you worship God, God can look at your attitude. You cannot fool God. You can fool your pastor, but you cannot fool God. Now let's look at King Jehoshaphat example. What kind of attitude did he have when he worshipped? Second Chronicle twenty eighteen to nineteen say. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Do you know that the way we are running the church service nowadays is not the typical worship in the Old Testament and New Testament time? In the New Testament and Old Testament time, they fully. Fall to the ground. They raise hand. They sit on the floor. They really. Go banana for God, but now we have this style. It came from Roman kind of background. When Christianity changed into another kind of Christianity during the Roman Empire, because the religion of Roman Empire, people sit and have a priest come up and preach, and after that, after they finish the religion, they go home. Everyone stand up and leave and go home. And Christian church followed that Roman style to today, but in reality they don't have chair like this. When Jesus was around, they all sit on the ground on the floor, and they worship and they lie down and they really fully go with God. They did not have the religious ceremony like today. That's why our church don't want to go that direction fully. We want to really go 
with God 100%. Amen. Like the Old Testament and New Testament. They fell down to the ground. What does it mean? They exalt God above themselves. They surrender themselves to God. They submit to God. The action of falling down to the ground is the action of worshiping or surrender to the king. We come to God as the king of all kings. We don't come to God as just a religion. Don't treat God as a religion. We treat him as a king. The attitude is that you are my king, you are my lord. I surrender to you. You may not fall on the ground right now, but your heart fall on the ground. I don't ask you to fall to the ground right now. Okay, but your heart, you surrender, you submit. Why is so important to submit to God? Because James chapter four verse seven say, "Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you." Is if you want the devil to take his hand away from your kids, take his hand away from your life, from your finances, stop bothering you. The first step: submit. To God, so that when you say "devil, get out of me, get out of my kid," he will run away from you. But if you rebel against God, you are prideful and think that you can run your own life. You don't submit. You don't surrender. When you tell the devil, "Hey, get out of my life, get out of my family," he will say, "You walk the same way I walk. You're prideful. I'm prideful. I don't submit to God, and you don't submit to God either. We are friends. You cannot tell me to go." So, in order to tell him to go, you have to be different from him. That is to submit to God. Romans chapter six verse sixteen. Don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone to obey him as slave, you are slave to the one whom you obey. Whether you are slave to sin or to the devil, and he can come to kill, to steal, and to destroy, which leads to death, or to obedience, mean to God, to Christ. Which leads to righteousness. So we need to have the attitude of exalting and submitting to the Lord. Psalm 127, verse one, the Bible say, "Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain." King Jehoshaphat want God to take his side. King Jehoshaphat want God. To look from heaven and say, "Okay, I am with you. You build a house, I build a house with you. You fight the warfare, I am with you. I'm gonna fight for you." How many people want God to take your side? Everything you do, Amen. God take our side. We pray, God answer. We ask, God move. God take our side. How? By exalting Him and submitting to Him, Amen. In Acts chapter two, verse forty-seven. This is the lifestyle of the early church. Why early church has so many miracles happen? The lame walk, the blind could see, demon come out. A lot of miracles. Do we see those miracles in America today in the church? Not a lot. Why we see miracles in the early church? Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The key is praising God. We all exalt God together. When we come on Sunday, we just praise God together fully, sing praises to Him out loud, shout to the Lord together. 
Don't come with the attitude. I'm gonna. Hey, could you please hurry up? I I think you sing too long. I think it's too loud. I don't like this singing stuff. Could you please? Maybe I should come to church half an hour late. I only want to listen to the sermon. I don't like the worship time. Too loud, too long. I, I just waste my time. If you think that way, you're missing a lot, because the worship time is very important. Amen. Not only the attitude of exalting God and submitting to Him. Verse 20. Early in the morning, they left the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, "Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in His prophets, and you will be successful." The second attitude of worship and praise and worship is to trust God. That God never lies, and God keep His promise. Trust God that He can perform miracle for us. Trust God that even though we cannot handle the situation, but God can help us to handle the situation for us. The grace of God gonna be upon me. The favor of God gonna be upon me. God love me. I trust Him. He gonna help me in dealing with this situation. Amen. God gonna perform miracles for me. I gonna win the spiritual warfare. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 12. Look at the attitude of the people of Judah at that time. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? Them mean the enemies that came to fight with the people of Jerusalem. For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes. Are upon you, trusting the Lord. When we face problem, our eyes are not on the problem, but our eyes are upon the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I love to teach about faith because faith gives us victory. In Psalm chapter three, verses five to eight, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. Arise, O Lord, deliver me, O my God! Strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people, Selah. Trust God. No matter what problem, we trust God that God is going to take care of the problem for us. We just obey Him, submit to Him, praise Him, use our mouth to praise Him, our heart trust Him fully. God, I trust you in this situation. Depend on Him fully. Our eyes are upon Him. How do you know that a person trusts God? Very easy. Number one, he is not complaining. When a person is complaining, complaint is a sign. Of doubt. Another sign of doubt is sadness. When you begin to get sad and depressed and get very low emotionally, it means you don't trust God. People who have faith will have joy. You can laugh in the middle of the problems. Amen. Because God is good. Look at the situation in jail when Paul and Silas were put in jail. Their hands are in the chain. Their legs are tied down. 
in chain. They could be killed. Does the Bible say Paul was sad and cry and feel pity on himself? Does the Bible say that he complained and complained and complained in the jail? No. Look at Acts chapter 16, verses 25 to 26. In the dark room, the chains in his arm, he did not have even the electric guitar. He did not have electric drum and a microphone and nice speaker and all the technology that we have today. Only the chain in his hand. And he used the chain. Make the sound of music like this. And he began to praise God. What happened? Acts 16, 25 to 26. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Midnight. No complaint. Singing to God. The other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake. This is not a typical earthquake on the Northwest or in Japan. This is God's produced earthquake. That the foundation of the prison was shaken. At once the prison door flew open. And everybody's chains came loose. Is it a miracle? Is this a victory in the spiritual warfare? What did Paul do when he was in chain? What did Paul do when he faced troubles? Complain? He trusts God. He put the chain together. Bam. Bam. I bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. He keeps singing. Amen. And what happened? God performed miracles. We should do that in our life. When we face a vast army, we just praise God. Don't feel pity on yourself. Don't cry. Laugh about it. God is going to give you victory. Amen? That's what happened when we praise God. Miracles happen. Not only attitudes of worship. I want to say two more things in praise and worship. How about action of praise and worship? In Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. When we face spiritual warfare, we should open our mouth and praise God. Describe the goodness, the faithfulness of God. What Jesus did for us. Amen? Amen. A couple of weeks ago, I suddenly have a lot of shoulder pain in the back here. And as a neurosurgeon, shoulder pain is not fun because I am right-handed and I have to move my hand like this hundreds of times each day to perform surgery, to cut the bone out, to move the nerve and all this. I have to move my shoulder. So when I have shoulder pain, Sometimes I want to stop the surgery in the middle, but I cannot. One day in the morning, I was driving to Evergreen Hospital, and I began to praise God. I'm not a good singer, so I cannot sing very well. I'm not like Pastor Kenny who can sing. So I just praise God with my mouth and say, Jesus, on that pole, you were beaten. You were whipped. God, thank you. You love me so much. And I know that by your stripe, I'm healed. And thank you, Lord, that you love me. You're such a faithful God. You keep your promises. I keep saying like that all the way. 15 minutes from Bellevue to Kirkland in my car. 
and I forgot about it. And that evening, I noticed the shoulder pain was gone, and it never come back so far. Get the worship song in your car. Get the worship song when you cook at home. Turn it on. Don't listen to all those junk news in the TV or in the radio. Turn on the worship song. Listen and singing while you cooking sushi and bun thit nương and steak. You just keep singing along. Amen. While you're washing your dishes, you just sing along. Bring the presence of God into your life, and you're gonna see that your life is above average. You have victory. Sickness is leave. Problem just go away because you praise Him. I give you example in the Bible here. First Chronicles sixteen twenty nine. This is example of how people praise God. Ascribe to the Lord. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Nehemiah nine six. You alone are the Lord. You are only my God. No other God. You make the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all the starry hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the sea and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. You see, Nehemiah described the greatness of God by his mouth. Revelation 4.8, when you get to heaven and you don't like worship, you're going to be in trouble. Because in heaven, the worship go on 24-7. 24-7. Each of the four living creatures, Revelation 4.8, has six wings, was covered with eyes all around, and under his wings, day and night, everyone say 24-7. Day and night. They never stop. Oh, they never stop saying, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come." They kept saying, "Holy, holy." They worship God all day long, day and night. Brother and sister, let us have a lifestyle of worship. Everything you do, Amen. Let us use our mouth to praise God, give glory to God. For example, what happened to my patient last night? I can say that, oh, what a great neurosurgeon I am, but actually not, because by scientific way, she would not make it. Actually, when I look at the X-ray and talk to the husband, I say that maybe we should not consider surgery because I I don't want her to be veg- vegetable in a nursing home forever. I'm afraid she would never make it, and then you have to spend money in a nursing home for the next 30 years with the tube in the stomach, with the tube in the nose, whatever. It's just nasty. But God performed miracle. After we took the clot out, she woke up. The tube come out. She talked. She moved everything. I just checked CT scan. All the clot was gone. Is that my glory? Is that my goodness? No. It's the goodness of God. Give praise to God. Praise God. He saved my patient. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Not only worshiping, but ascribing or mentioning about His goodness and His character, His attribute. 
Second Chronicle 20:21 say give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Another way of worship is to thank God of what he did. Exodus 18:10 He said praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh and who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Moses say Thank God. He saved me. He saved us. Rescue us from the hands of the Egyptians. Psalm 7, 17. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. Psalm 107, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. My dear brother and sister, no matter good or bad, just thank God in all circumstances. If you can have a thankful attitude all the time, you will thank people around you all the time. Are you thankful for your wife? Are you thankful for your husband? Are you thankful that you still have legs to walk today? Are you thankful that you wake up this morning? I tell you the truth. Every morning when I wake up, thank you, Lord. I have another day. I can go out and work and serve you. Amen. Amen. Everything. Thank God. Last night I can have a bad attitude because I didn't sleep all night from 1 a.m. to 7 a.m. And I can say, oh, you know, this is uh, not good. I'm not going to go to church. I have all the excuses to sleep in this morning, but I want to come and thank God. Even though I didn't sleep all night. Amen. Amen. It's a lifestyle. Lifestyle of thanking God, worshiping God. Thank God, everything around you. Thank God for the rain in Seattle. Thank God. Amen? Thank God for this building. Thank God for your pastor. Actually, yesterday in the prayer meeting, I'm going to end here. In the prayer meeting, I pray like this. Lord, I believe you're going to give me 120 years. In my heart, I say that. But one day, if an Iron Pasadar pass to be with you, I pray that you will give this church lots of good shepherds. We already have a lot of good shepherds. But you're going to set up one man like Moses above this congregation that will lead this house because I'm concerned about your grandkids and your great-grandkids. Before I die, my grandkids are going to be around 60 years old because I'm only 60. But my concern about my great-grandkids, they need a good pastor. Amen? I praise God for this church. I praise God. I thank God for all the good leaders in the church. We have wonderful leaders here. Very sincere. Thank God for everything. Thank God for bringing many of you to this house. You are the grace of God to me. They come and help me. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Let us worship the Lord together. Let's stand up and worship the Lord. Let's practice what we learn. Hallelujah. Thank God for the worship team. Thank you, Lord. Let's worship him from your heart, your attitude, your trust him. 
you exalt him, you surrender to him, and believe that as you worship, you perform spiritual warfare for yourself, for your kids, for your grandkids, for your church, for this nation, for your work. And God will give you victory. He will fight a warfare for you. At that time, when the army of Jehoshaphat worship God, the enemies kill each other, and the army of Jehoshaphat did not have to even pull the knife out of their body to fight, because the, God make the enemy kill each other. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 